When we attend church, we feel we are gathering with other religious people, godly people. It makes us feel godly. When we sing hymns or when we hear the music, we feel another surge and we think that is godly reinforcement. Sometimes it is and sometimes it's just music dealing with our emotions. When we hear preachers preach, we get stirred up. We leave the church building feeling good, feeling justified, feeling we've done something, feeling religious. But are we? I know what it's like to feel that way. I know how wonderful it was to have a place to go, a place that even seems godly. It was my life after I was born again. I never missed a church gathering. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Bible school on Sunday morning, special meeting on Tuesday night, church on Wednesday night, sometimes even seminars and religious seminars on weekends. I was there every time they gathered. I loved it. God brought me out. It was very hard to leave that. So I know the tremendous pull the church gathering has for people. And it seems so good. It seems so right. And we want so much to be there. One time we had a very bad ice storm in Dallas where I was living at the time. It was impossible to drive. The church I attended was probably 20 miles from my apartment. I lived right at the edge of the campus of SMU. I lived within two blocks of Highland Park Methodist Church, so I decided just to walk over there for church. That desire is so great to be at church. I can easily understand this coronavirus and the situation with the church attendance and the problems that arise in this particular period of time because there is such a strong, I'm going to say fleshly pull for us wanting to be there. We can do the same thing at home without going to that church building. Some of you are hearing this podcast right now. We have a blog which has Old Testament teachings, New Testament teachings, a hymn, Everything we publish every day is fresh material. You can do the same thing at home. But the desire to be with other people is overwhelming. It is basically the same desire the young folks have to go to the bars. I know that will shock you, but it's the same thing. They want to be out there with people like themselves. And their type of people is in the bars. 
We want to be with people that we consider to be like ourselves, and that's in the church gatherings. But God has brought me out of several churches because they did not obey portions of Scripture, and I had to choose between the Scripture and the church gathering, and each time, thankfully, I chose the scripture over the church gathering. So I've been removed from many church gatherings because of that. But many people don't know the scripture, so they happily go to their churches, thinking that it's all good. I did that as a new Christian. I know what it's like. When you really read the Bible, think seriously about what it's saying, begin to actually do what it says, your life changes considerably from the churchgoers. For the vast number of churchgoers do not know the Bible. Many preachers do not know the Bible. Even in the midst of this coronavirus, a great many churches still are having meetings. I was quite sure the faith movement churches would have meetings, why it would have been a lack of faith not to. They would deny their whole doctrine if they didn't have meetings. I understand it. A few days ago, I was skimming uh, my internet blog of CNN headlines and one headline caught my attention. It was a church in California which insisted on having meetings. And they had 70 cases of coronavirus, according to this report. Now, it was kind of strange because I looked for the report the next day and it was gone. They got, I'm sure, a lot of flack from the churches on that story. They don't seem to mind going against whoever is president of the United States. That seems to be a game with the news reporters, but they don't want to tackle the churches. That's what I found, at least, in the... Uh, I've watched quite a bit of headlines, especially of the news recently. Often I will look at the headline of what they're going to be speaking about on television and then cut the sound off when I don't want to participate in that subject. But I know that they do a lot of stuff fighting whichever person's president, whether he's Democrat or Republican. I'm extremely non-political. So I, uh, plus we have a scripture that says pray for those in authority. And that's much more peaceful to pray for them and we pray for them so that we can live in peace. We pray for the decisions that they would make. I'll look that scripture up for us. Paul says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. 
I have a friend that I went to high school with who's the most political person I've ever known. She was violently hostile about politics. Once, once she told me, said, oh, one of the really great things that happened to me this week, I took my granddaughter to church at First Baptist Church and enrolled her in the Republican Party to vote. At church! <laughs> I mean, really. Uh, never, never mind. Anyway, um, when in the midst of some big political turmoil, uh, I sent one at this scripture in Second Timothy two and an exhortation on praying for those in authority that we might live in peace. She replied and said it really did help her. I heard an amazing story recently on CNN about a man who, he did not attend the church meeting, but he drove to the church building and listened to the service on radio. He drove to the church building and sat out in the front of the building and listened to the church service on radio. I thought that was so amazing. The church building has nothing to do with the message from God. The place we meet has nothing to do with hearing from God. Yet this man, in some form of religious way, had to drive to the church building to hear the message on his car radio that was coming from the inside of the church building. I am absolutely convinced there are few real Christians in the church buildings. That so much of it is a pull of flesh to be with flesh, and they don't recognize that. It's an enormous desire for our flesh to be with other flesh, especially in religious settings. When I was in a rehab hospital recovering from an accident, I heard gospel music coming from the hallway area. I wanted to know what it was. A man was playing a guitar and singing gospel music. He had come to, I don't know, I guess he would call it minister to the people in the rehab hospital. I called and got a nurse to roll me out into the lobby where I could hear the music and be with the people. And oh, my flesh was so drawn to those people. There must have been 20 people out there. I was so moved emotionally, not spiritually, emotionally, by being with the people that I just sat there and wept. It was so wonderful to me to be in that setting. Was it really God or was it my flesh? 
I can't remember anything spiritually that it did for me, but it certainly did something for my flesh. It's hard to separate the flesh from the spirit. But when it is the spirit, you can't forget it. If you hear something from God, you're not going to forget that. If you hear a teaching that I or any other man, uh, a man might do, man or woman might do, you might think it's absolutely wonderful and get away and totally forget it. But when it's the Spirit of God, don't we hear it over and over and over, certain parts of it being called to our attention? I know I do. If the churches today were set up by the commandment of the Lord, the way the Bible says to do it, I don't think they could keep me away hardly. You may be unaware that there is a commandment of the Lord for the gathering of the church. Paul spoke about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Look at verse 26. How is it then, brethren, when ye come together? Every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying, to build up the church. Every one of you. Now, why is that so important? Because that would be the leading of God. We would come together and whichever one had the word from God, he would speak the word from God. It wouldn't be a prepared document done ahead of time. It would be real, electrifying. The Holy Spirit would be moving through the congregation. Now, that is the kind of meeting it's supposed to be. None of us have ever seen that done that I know of at a church gathering where you come together and nothing is pre-planned, nothing. You depend on God and trust in him to bring out what he wants at the gathering. It would be similar to visiting with two or three people in your living room. You don't pre-plan that, do you? I hope not. I just pray for God to not let me speak anything that's not of him and let me speak whatever is of him because I don't want to speak things that aren't of God. So you get together with other people. What happens? You and another person who identifies himself as being a Christian, you get together to visit. What happens in that visit? What kind of things come out? Because if you're both Christians... Jesus is there in the midst of you where two or more gather together in the name of the Lord. It should be godly edifying things. Is that what's happening? Well, it would be electrifying to be in that type of setting. At one of the churches that I attended, our Bible class teacher always said, 
Does anyone have a word from the Lord? And if we did, we were free to speak it. He always opened the door for the Holy Spirit to speak to the Bible class through whomever God willed. And that was the most, the closest I've ever been to this being in a church group where this instructions were carried out in that group. Let's look at it again. How is it then, brethren? When ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm. A psalm can be a prayer, by the way. A doctrine, a tongue, a revelation, an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying. The Holy Spirit would be free to speak to that group whatever God wanted spoken. That's incredibly wonderful. There would be nothing like that. But today you go to the church building, which is usually impressive with stained glass and stuff. Oftentimes somebody be playing music as you enter and you'll hear the music. And you sit down and it seems so spiritual and religious. The preacher speaks whatever he wishes to speak, but really no one else in the congregation is invited to share what they, they might have received from God. It's blocked off by platforms and railings and special things. And it is designed to keep the congregation under control of man and keep the congregation from speaking according to the will of God. All the church groups I've ever been in have been that way. I've been in Church of Christ, Baptist, uh, Methodist, Word of Faith, non-denominational, several times. And I've never seen one that was opened up to God speaking through His Spirit. But it's certainly wonderful to go there because people are usually friendly to you and greet you and you think you're one of them and you smile and you hug each other or you feel like you have an association with them. And if you attend their church, they're very friendly to you, usually. What is that, flesh or spirit? Is it flesh or spirit? I basically found the same thing at the Bridge Center. You're a part of a group, and we want to be part of the group. We, let's say, who are normal people, want to be part of the event. We want to be one of the gang, so to speak. Is that flesh or spirit? It is an, an enormous pull, and I certainly want it. But I don't get to do it because God gave me dreams and scriptures to show me that I can't participate in things 
when they are not according to the Bible, the written Bible, the New Testament Bible. So when I have gone to church and things have been spoken that are contrary to doctrine of the Bible, I can't stay there. I have to come out. God gave me a dream in 1982. In this dream, it was like bombs had fallen everywhere and there was destruction everywhere. I was in something like a hotel at the time and I made my way downstairs, not by the elevator, but by a rope which I had to use to get downstairs. It was so destroyed. I got downstairs and went into a room where a man was speaking to a group of people. I sat down and began listening to this man. Another man rushed in and at the side of the room stood there and yelled to us, Stop! Wait! Can't you see? It's too late. It's already begun. Then he disappeared. The first man resumed speaking. Everybody was looking attentively at the first man, but I wanted to know what had happened. Something had happened. So I looked out the window from where I was seated. I just turned and looked out the window. I saw a tall pole with a yellow civil defense warning speaker on top of the pole. The speaker is set there to warn us of danger. But out of the speaker, I could see a white vapor coming out of the speaker, and it was coming directly toward us. I was so shocked because... I knew it was a poison gas. I looked at the man seated next to me. He had a big smile on his face. He was looking directly at the speaker. But then I saw it. He was dead. He was a corpse. He was already dead. I looked around the room and I realized all the people in the room were dead. The shocking thing was the speaker that was set there to warn us was being used as the instrument to kill us. And as I sat among them, I felt myself drifting off to sleep. And I knew the words from the speaker were killing me. It was about two years before I really realized what this meant. I was attending Word of Faith at the time. I looked at the man seated next to me. It was a Wednesday night. I looked at this man. He was the man in the poison gas dream. I looked around the room, and these, I thought, were the people in the poison gas dream, and I got up, took my purse, got up, went into the ladies' room, and began praying. And I said to God, I think you're showing me to leave this church group. I'm going to go out and get in my car and drive away, but if I'm wrong, I'll turn around and come back. 
if you want me to come back. God did not want me to come back. He began revealing to me things that were wrong in that church group. One of which was we were being taught to find scripture and claim that scripture for things that we wanted. We were never taught seek the will of God, not once. In the years that I went there, which were probably about five years, I never one time heard anybody seek, say, seek the will of God. It was what you want, find scripture to justify your getting what you want. Claim that scripture. I wrote the scriptures in the front of my Bible and every morning prayed them. Prayed those same scriptures every morning. That is the thing we were being taught. That was not faith. Not faith in God. It was the faith in your ability to find a scripture. But faith in God is hearing from the Spirit of God. Hearing from God by the Spirit of Jesus who brings to your mind the thing that God wants you to do in the situation at hand. Now that is being led by the Spirit. Romans chapter 8 verse 14, As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. We're not leading ourselves. It's the Spirit of God leading us. Well, you'll find very little of that at the churches. They've blocked it off to keep the Spirit of God from speaking so that they can control what is being said. I've often thought if Jesus Christ was standing here today at this church gathering, they wouldn't allow him to speak. He would not be one of the approved men to speak to the church. I've often thought that. It's sad, but that's just the way it is. It's basically Antichrist in the churches today. And until that happened of Antichrist being in the churches, Paul said Jesus could not return until Antichrist appeared in the temple of God, in the churches, ruling over them. They would fall away from Scripture in the churches. And that is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. And that's happening today. Simply means the stage is set for Jesus to return, but we can't be there with him. That won't work. I really believe that when Jesus returns and the dead is raised and we gather together in the air with Jesus, that the ones still living on the earth who are following scripture will be taken out. Those who are attending churches and going through the rote movements of a religious ritual, I don't believe they'll be taken out. I think they will be left on the earth for the great tribulation. But those who follow the Spirit of God will be taken out. And that has to do with hearing from God. You hear from God wherever you are, in whatever setting you're in. You don't go to a specific place to hear from God. 
Jesus said that in John chapter 4 when he was speaking with the woman at the well. The woman appeared at the well and she was asking Jesus questions. She asked him, where should we worship? Some say at this mountain and some say we have to go to Jerusalem to worship. And remember, this is still Old Testament. Jesus hasn't died yet and the New Testament church has not been established yet because it was not established until after the resurrection. And in the Old Testament, they did go to Jerusalem to worship. At least some of them did. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship ye know not what. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Wherever we are, we worship God. All throughout the day, we worship God. We're connected with God. We're always saying, what do you want me to do about this? Or is this the way to go? Is this what you want? Is this the right way to go? We're always saying things like that to God. Often in the morning, I'm awakening saying, please help me to fill my day today. Please show me what to do. Before I record this broadcast, I'm saying to God, please let it be the thing you want, what you want said. I'm always talking to God, aren't you? It's not just a specific time on Sunday morning. It's all the time that I'm conscious. And I think sometimes even when I'm asleep, I am talking to God. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And to worship basically means obey what he says. If you worship somebody, you do what that person says. You obey that person. And if you worship God, you do what God says to you by his spirit and also by his word. There have been many times I've heard from God what to do, and at that exact moment I've done them because I believed it was the Spirit of God showing me to do that. That's being led by the Spirit. Now, there are other spirits. There are devils that speak to you. Your own flesh will speak to you. But we have to be able to discern what is the Spirit of God speaking. that's speaking. I've got a lot of recordings on this, so you can find several podcasts which will help teach you the difference between hearing from the Spirit of God and what the devil has to say about the subject. You'd think you'd automatically know what the devil says, but very often the devil will say the same thing your flesh is thinking. And it's so easy to go with it because that's what you want to do anyway. Hearing from the Spirit of God, that's following God. 
and very few people do this. I'm totally persuaded very few people at the churches truly follow the Spirit of God or even know what it is. But they have a form of religion which is very enticing to the flesh. And it's very wonderful to be around other flesh that we think to be godly. And you'd expect to find it at church. Well, it's going to be a great delusion. That's all there is to it at the end. When Jesus separates the sheep from the goats and really identifies those people that belong to him. We certainly want to be one of those. Every scripture that I've spoken today will be in print if you go to Jesus Ministries Exhortation, our blog. Look on the right-hand side of the page where it says podcast. Click on that. You can hear today's broadcast if you want to do so, but you will see all the scriptures quoted on today's broadcast. The title of the broadcast is Shocking Stories of Attending Church Meetings During Coronavirus. This is Joan Boney speaking. Again, our blog's name is Jesus Ministries Exhortations, where you can find these scriptures in writing. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.